This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Great to have you with us. Thanks for being here. Sorry about the late edition of the podcast today. I had no internet in my room, so I couldn't post it till I got to the ballpark here as the Mariners get set to take on the Yankees for the first of a three-game series. This is a fun podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. Coming up, J.P. Morosi, uh, of course, MLB Network, uh, longtime national baseball writer. He's outstanding. We had a chance to visit with him when he was in town for the Red Sox series with the national game on Saturday. So great conversation. That comes up in a few minutes. And also, Wade LeBlanc. Conversation with Wade LeBlanc coming off of one of the best starts, if not the best start of his career against the Red Sox on Saturday. Mariners taking on the Yankees for the first of three tonight. Oval podcast coming up today, one tomorrow as well. No uh, podcast on the off day coming up on Thursday. Thursday, though. Let me just preview this. It's going to be a fantastic pitching matchup coming up on Thursday. Severino against Paxton. That is going to be glorious. Really looking forward to that. For this one, Marco Gonzalez takes the ball in game one of this three-game series against the Yankees. Gonzalez, of course, has been outstanding for the Mariners. He's been on a big roll for the M's. You look at his last ten starts, and... The lefty has been sensational. He has been one of the big reasons why the Mariners are where they are right now. Overall, 7-3 with a 3-4-2 ERA in 14 starts. Pretty great numbers for Marco Gonzalez, but you break it down even further to his last 10 starts. Despite a struggle last time out, not as sharp against the Angels. Five innings, giving up three runs. Of course, the Mariners would end up winning that ball game. But his last 10 starts overall, 6-1 and one with a 2-3-1 ERA, 62 and a third innings. He's fanned 50 in that stretch. Opponents batting 249 against him. He has been outstanding for the M's, and he'll take the ball in game one of this series against the Yankees. Yankees rotation has really struggled at times this year. Their bullpen is outstanding. They can really hit the ball. They've played well at home, 26-11 and 11 at Yankee Stadium. Overall, 47-22 and 22 in first place in the East with the best record in baseball. They have been, they've had a tremendous year. Mariners may have gotten some scheduling help. The Yankees had to do some makeup yesterday. So instead of having an off day at home, They had to go to D.C. after playing uh, against Tampa Bay. And they had to play. They had to finish up a game and then play a full game after that. They ended up winning one, losing one. They lost the completion of a game. They won a full game yesterday. So as the Mariners had a day off, the Yankees were playing some baseball. Now, 
the Yankees rotation is something that has struggled. The bullpen is outstanding. The Mariners will have to take advantage of the rotation. The Yankees not a team you want to play from behind against. They're going to face Domingo Herman here in game one of the series. Montgomery on the DL, Tanaka on the DL, Sonny Gray in ERA near five. Herman, a player that has stepped in seven starts so far this year, a 5-2-3 ERA in 53 and a third innings. He's allowed 46 hits, nine home runs so far this season for Herman. He's had some flashes of brilliance. The young pitcher last year making his Major League debut, starting in the rotation for the Yankees for the first time this year. One At one point this year, fanned uh, 10 against Tampa Bay. That was last time out. Went six innings, allowed five hits, three runs, 10 a career high. Start before that against the Mets, he fanned nine, giving up three earned runs in six innings. So he's pitched better as of late. Uh, gave up six runs to Oakland and Texas in the middle of May. Uh, so we'll see what, see what happens tonight with Herman against the Mariners. So there it is, game one of the series. Mariners, Yankees coming up tonight. Right now, let's hear from J.P. Morosi. Uh, well, first of all, I'm thrilled to be here, guys. Th- thanks for uh, inviting me up. Uh, I-, I think, to me, it's one of those great stories in sports because we have here the unexpectedly very good team. And there are a few things that I think all of us who love sports find more enthralling than that. And uh, you look at the lineup. I made the comment today, 1 through 9, you don't see a huge spread in terms of the OPS from one spot in the lineup to the other. It's really a collective group that I think has found a way to, to get it done more often than not. And, and I think these couple weeks, as we look at the way their schedule sits up here for the Mariners, with playing the iron of the American League all in, in succession, I think by the end of this period, we're, we're going to know, is it the big three teams in the American League and then everybody else, or are the Mariners part of what could be a big four teams at the top of this league? Well, we, we know why the Mariners are having success this year, JP. It's because I didn't pick them. That's right. <laughs> now, JP has been so bullish in recent seasons, historically on the Mariners, and yeah. the Mariners have not made the postseason. Now this year, JP, you went out of your way right. to avoid the Mariners in your I, prediction. I did. I did, Aaron. So a little reverse psychology. As, as some of you may know, I, yeah, I you lived here. That. Right. So yeah. I lived here for a, for a season. I love Seattle. I have family that lives here. Uh, so the, the city is near and dear to my heart. So every year, probably the last – three or four years, I have very loudly on MLB Network said, this is the year. The Mariners are going to the playoffs. I want to be the first to say it. They're going. And so I said it every single year to the point that I remember last year it was a season preview show, and, and the, the, the task was, okay, come up with a prediction that's going to surprise us. And I said, Greg Amsinger, I'm going to pick the Mariners to make the playoffs. He said, you can't do that. You do that every year. You can't have it be a surprising <laughs> pick if you do it every single season. So this year I said, I'm not going to pick the Mariners. And therefore, I want to be the first to congratulate the city of Seattle on winning the World <laughs> Series in 2018. So I, I, I tweeted that, by the way. You can look it up on opening day. It's there. Yeah. And so that, that tweet's going to remain there uh, for, maybe for the whole balance of the year. We'll re- revisit it maybe after Halloween here in the great city of Seattle. But um, I, I am still bullish on the Mariners, and I was telling the story to Jerry DePoto earlier today. And he said, hey, never pick us again. <laughs> never pick us again. So I, I promise you and my family in this great city, I will never pick the Mariners to make the playoffs again. Well, I saw you on, on uh, the network doing that. Uh, one of the reasons why the Mariners will get to the postseason this year is the guy going right. tonight. The lefty from Lander, British Columbia, James Paxson, has been outstanding. Six and one on the year. Absolutely incredible. What does the world think of James Paxton? All-star, I think that's that's a foregone conclusion at this point in time. And now, now it's just a question of uh, 
does he creep into the Cy Young conversation? Obviously a pretty crowded Cy Young conversation this year with, with Verlander and, and Kluber, uh, annual candidates, but uh, he's been phenomenal. And, and I think that he is really, it seems like, guys, and you know better than me, but his, his ability to take the ball every fifth day, settle in, I think he's at the point now, Rick, where he's, he's learned his body well enough and, yeah. and, and how to train for the full six and maybe seven months of the season that he is he is there. I think yeah. that the physicality was – the, the stuff – and and the, the the action of the pitches was never the question. It was just the, the durability, and he is now there, and it's great to see because I think at this point in time, uh, I don't think the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees, if the Mariners are the wild card team, are going to be all that thrilled about playing the game even in their home ballpark with Paxton on the mound. Right. It's we- such a strange year in the American League when you look at the landscape. We're kind of used to seeing – Seemingly six teams in the chase for just a wild card spot. This year it seems to be shaking out a little differently. Mm-hmm. What's your take on the American League playoff chase? It's fascinating. And I think it's, it's really the one team that has jumbled what we thought, actually two teams, that have jumbled what we thought was going to be a relatively crowded league picture, the Blue Jays receding and the Twins. The Twins, to me, are one of the more disappointing teams in all of baseball. We thought they were going to be uh, following up that wild card season with an even better one this year. And now the Indians... Even though they're only a couple of games above 500, they look really good in the American League Central. So I think that those factors there, all of a sudden, the Jays probably going to be sellers, maybe moving pieces uh, like a Jay Happ, Marco Estrada, maybe Josh Donaldson. And the Twins, if they don't turn things around quickly, they could become sellers as well. I think we're seeing some teams, the Tigers, we knew they were going to be in sell mode, they're in rebuild mode. The Rays, yeah. a bit of the same thing. When you move along Gory, I think it's pretty clear where your intentions are. So I think we're just seeing more of that in the American League now than the National League. The National League is pretty well balanced to the point that if, if we, could, we could all have different answers about who the best team in the National League is, I think that the American League is a bit more of a consensus about maybe who the best teams are. So uh, I think we're seeing a pretty firm line in terms of the way the American League is so stratified in terms of the teams that are going for it and those that aren't. And that's going to make, I think, for a really interestingly developing trade market, one that could develop, I think, earlier than we usually see. J.P. Morosi of Fox and MLB Network is our guest on the roundtable. And, J.P., you were at Gene Segura's locker for a long time today. Yeah. You and Gene looked like you were having a really good conversation. Yeah. What, what were you and Gene talking about? Uh, just about his season, about uh, his journey. Certainly, uh, you know, he told me he's got a, a, his third son on the way, so big Father's Day weekend yeah. in, the, in the Segura household. Uh, but I think just to me, I, I, I love following the path of someone who went through a lot of adversity, certainly off the field, on the field as well, but now his He's an all-star. He's an all-star batting champion candidate. Yep. Uh, I was kind of t- talking to him about the, about the game a little bit and comparing him to one of his Dominican countrymen in Placido Polanco, who for a long time was the standard for me as a, as a number two hitter. I think Gene Segura is Polanco Perfect. contact with even more power. Yeah. This is a and, – and the name that Jerry DePoto, and talking to Jerry today, that he mentioned, he said, you don't ever want to put a – Hall of Famer on a on a current player and say what well, he's going to achieve to this level, but just sheer bat to ball skills. He mentioned Paul Molitor, and that's that's, that's pretty good, a pretty good great. comparison. Yeah. And again, and you look at him side by side, and you can understand why. I, I think that um, the energy he brings, and, and listen, that, that that trade that they made to bring in Hanniger and Segura, my goodness. Now Tywin Walker, he may he may get healthy again. He may go on to have a great career there, and same with Marte, but. But that trade for present value right now is special. And the thing, too, about Segura, is, let's not forget, is Jerry DePoto traded him once, too. Right. Yeah, traded him for Zach Greinke. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and so Jerry was joking about how, you know, I thought I was going to regret that move. So there's just a, there's a, lot, a lot there. But I, I've always enjoyed my conversation with Gene. And also, you know, listen, he's, he is someone that, and you guys know better than me, but in that clubhouse now, without Cano, there's, there's a bit of a, a, a yeah. void of a leadership presence. And I think 
Gene has helped fill that void. D, D Gordon in, in D's way and, and, and Hanniger. There's just, there's a really, I think it's a collective type room and that, that I think allows that leadership structure to be somewhat shared and where it's not all about one guy. I think it's, it's that way in the clubhouse and it's that way in the lineup too. Jerry DePoto pulled off a trade on May the 25th mm-hmm. to acquire Colomay, big trade, and also Denard Span long before the trade deadline. What what's, are some of the latest rumors uh, about what could happen here in the next month? Well, I think for, from a Mariner standpoint, Rick, I, I would still expect the starting pitching to be the focus. And, and, and listen, Wade LeBlanc has been phenomenal, and, and Gonzalez as well, and Felix certainly a really good sign from him last night. But I, I, st- I still think that's going to be their main focus at the deadline to try to find maybe just a rental starter, but... I think Jay Happ, who of course was here before, I think he is a really good fit if that if that ends up happening. Um, but I think overall the bullpen market. I'm hearing more activity. Zach Britton just came back, so some scouting activity around him. I know the Red Sox have checked in on Kelvin Herrera as well uh, from the Royals. So I think it's it's that part of the market. But the big name, of course, is Manny Machado, where he's yeah. going to go. I, I think for me. I, you know, there's so many teams that that really, I, I'm just about every team would probably want him, and it certainly, yeah, exactly. For, for one, for one rental piece, uh, you look at it and say maybe uh, the money's not going to be quite as big just for two months. The Cleveland Indians, for him, I think, are a really good fit. I don't see so much the Red Sox and the Yankees. Maybe more of an off-season conversation there. The Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, um, the Cardinals for Manning Machado. I, I think that's 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 the big piece that those of us that do this for a living and are, we're worried about the trades. I think it's going to be a lot of Manny Machado conversation on the 30th and 31st of July. And here is Wade LeBlanc. Catching up with Wade LeBlanc and Wade, just so much fun to, to go back and, and take a look at last night for you, but uh, your interview afterwards, just there was so much gratitude in, in what you were able to do yesterday. It looked like it was a very special, special moment for you. It was. That was... Uh... That was as emotional a game as I've had in a long time. It was just, you know, like I always say, to be to be able to step back in the middle of the season and, and kind of look, see where you've come from is, is a really, really humbling experience because a lot of times you get so lost in the day-to-day routine of, of, of this job that you forget to, to kind of take a look at, at, at things in perspective, in a proper perspective, and that's... You know that's what games like last night were. They they really allow me to do, and it's it's very humbling. You get into a game like last night. When did you know? I mean, you go out, you battle every night, you attack hitters, and, and you give everything you've got from pitch one, and you're going to go out there and pitch as long as they let you. When did you know? Okay, wait, I've, I've got something pretty special going on right now here. Uh, the probably the first inning. Uh, for me, it's kind of. It's kind of seeing hitters, uh, I, I call it a rocking chair, when you can kind of get them going front and back. And, and I, was, I was able to get uh, Mookie Betts to, I was kind of getting him in that, in that front to back mode in the, in the first inning. And to, to do that with a, a hitter as good as that, um, as good as he is, it kind of lets you know that there's there's a little there's a little more life on the fastball. There's a little more fade on the changeup, uh, the deceptions there. So uh, whenever you see things like that, whenever you see swings like that in the first inning, uh, it kind of kind of clues you up to, to to what you have that day, and, and you kind of take that for what it's worth and and move on from there. At that point, is it just staying with what you've got and what's what's getting that reaction, or do you, try, do you until they get you, which they don't, or do you start mixing it up a little bit later? I mean, a guy like me always has to mix it. Like Pax, 
packs can throw the same stuff up there as long as they're not hitting it and they're not going to hit it. Uh, for me, if I if I, I have to mix it up, even if they haven't shown an adjustment yet, I have to keep them guessing. Um, especially in a game like that where I face them again in six days. So um, kind of maybe you do things uh, when you're stuck, when you have the ex- when the execution's there like it was last night, maybe you, maybe you do things that you wouldn't normally do, uh, especially like in right situations like two outs, nobody on base. Um, Maybe you throw your fourth best pitch in a spot where you would not normally throw it. Just kind of get them off and, and put something in the back of their minds maybe for the next time you face them. We've talked about it before, but, you know, it's it's attacking the hitters, going after them, not giving away pitches. And everybody will look at you and say, okay, last night was a fantastic game. I don't think there was a pitch over at 90 miles an hour last night. But if you're locating, obviously different on the other side. But if you or anybody is locating, that as good as 98 it can be. It can be. If, for me, sequencing is the most important thing. Sequencing and execution are, are, are the two staples in my game. If I have those, then I, then I have an opportunity to be successful at this level. If not, it, it can kind of turn into a battle real quick. Um, last night, I was able to have both of those. Some days, you only have one, and you have to go out there and fight. But uh, last night, was, I was able to execute, and I had, I had the proper sequencing with Z back there reading swings, and it uh, makes it pretty easy. Is your sequencing better now than it has been in the past? And if so, why and what's contributed to that? I think my execution's better on a more consistent basis. Uh, I've always I've always had the ability to read swings and, and sequence pitches in a, in, a, in a pretty solid way. But uh, I think on a consistent basis this year, the difference has been execution. What's it been like to be a part of this rotation where every guy, here's the ball, I gave up one, I gave up two, maybe I didn't give up any the night before, go get them. It's awesome. It is. It's really a blessing to be. Not and it's not even just the the rotation. It's the, you know the pitching staff as a whole, the the team as a whole. There's no like, there's no factions on this team. Everybody's everybody's pulling on the same end of the rope, and it's pretty it's pretty awesome to be a part of. It was a blast to watch last night. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Here comes the stretch. The one-two on the way now. Fastball belted deep to left center field. Hulse to the track, to the wall, and would you believe it, Mike Flowers has his second Grand Slam home run in two days. My, oh my. It was exciting for me at the time, but I, I was even more excited when I heard Dave. They, they <laughs> replayed the thing for me, and I got real excited about it, and it was nice uh, for you, of you guys to make a tape for me so my family could enjoy that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey.